Thank you very much. It's under six minutes past 12. This is Midday Live here on SFM, South Africa's news and information leader. It's the last day of May in uh, 2013, being the 31st uh, of the month. Welcome to the show. Uh, we'll be going to Mpumalanga, where there are more than 100 illegal initiation schools operating in that province. That's according to the task team appointed by the Mpumalanga provincial government uh, to look into this uh, particular matter. But also we see the Gauteng MEC for Economic Development in Gauteng, has presented his department's budget vote. Of course, uh, this uh, comes as the country's economy is struggling. Uh, he says that Gauteng uh, will respond to the struggling economy of uh, the country. So we'll be uh, chatting to him. In fact, we've spoken to him. So uh, just stay tuned, particularly if you are in the township and you're trying to set up your business there. He's got some uh, lovely things to say about uh, the revival of uh, the economy in the townships. At 7 past 12, the Drive Slow campaign by Trade Union Federation Kosatu on Gauteng's roads is gaining momentum. More vehicles have begun to join the convoy of vehicles traveling slowly along the N3, N12 and R24 freeways this up until 3 this afternoon. Uh, Members of the public, religious groups as well as taxi associations are part of the convoys. The campaign has uh, had minimal disruption uh, to traffic as participants are sticking to the slow lane. Let's talk now to our reporter who is uh, monitoring things for us, uh, Sibidi. Good afternoon to you, Molebocheng. Good afternoon, Bangi. Describe uh, the current uh, situation for us on Gauteng's roads. We're saying N3, N12, R24. Where is the convoy right now? Right now, Bambi, we're on the R24 approaching the airport. Uh, initially, it started on the N3 made our way onto the N- uh, on the N12 and right now we're on the R24 and the 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 Goslow has gained quite huge momentum from what we had seen initially at the meeting point of the Goslow where uh, basically it was more officials than um, the actual participants but it has grown in huge momentum as most of the cars have joined in at different intersections on the highway but everyone is keeping to the slow lane Everyone is keeping uh, the two uh, left lanes of, of the highways while the other remainder of the lanes are open to the public to carry on with their journeys as usual. The leadership of Kosatu as well as the officials um, instructed participants very strictly before we left uh, the meeting point to kindly obey to the rules because they are operating within the means of a court order. And uh, have you had a chance maybe to chat to the COSATU leadership to say, is this making any impact? Uh, the COSATU uh, leadership is definitely saying that um, this is making a huge impact. Although their aim is not to, to disrupt the everyday goings on the roads today, but they feel that um, the, the, the heavy presence on the roads will be felt. All right, uh, but uh, now talk us through the, the route. You are uh, on R24 right now going where? And after that, right up to 3 o'clock, what is going to be happening? What is going on right now is we're going back on the R, um, we are on the R24 and we are going to stop at a filling station just nearby just for motorists who are perhaps running out of petrol to be able to refill. And then uh, the route will continue now backwards. Uh, back to the initial point, to the N12, back to the N3, and back to the initial meeting spot. Bombay. But right now, uh, really, there's, uh, there isn't much of a disturbance on, on the other lanes. No disruptions, no disturbances. Everybody seems to be obeying the rules, and officials also seem to be doing very well. 
the heavy uh, presence seems to be doing very well in terms of keeping calm and keeping cool. Otherwise, uh, the other lanes are unaffected and other motorists are carrying on with their journeys as normal donkey. Otherwise, it would be just uh, about five or ten minutes maximum of delays as they pass through uh, the go slow, very slowly, but no major disruptions. Hooting and uh, everyone excited about it, though. How many cars can Everybody you... excited okay. playing uh, Brenda Fassi's Wulinjela as the scene, as the theme song okay. of the go slow and other motorists passing by hooting in solidarity as well. All right, thank you very much, Monobekhen Sabidi, our reporter there who's monitoring Kosatu's uh, go slow. That is, uh, or drive slow, as it were, that is uh, gaining momentum. It's on uh, R24 right now, saying that uh, they'll get into N3, I think, and then go N12. That's uh, the routes to avoid minimal disruptions, as uh, we hear. We go now to Mpumalanga, where there are about uh, or more than 100 illegal initiation schools operating in that province. This was established by the TAS team, appointed by the Mpumalanga Provincial Government. The task team is probing the exact causes of uh, deaths of initiates at initiation schools under King Mapogo III jurisdiction in the Nkangala district on uh, the Mpumalanga Highfield. Let's talk now to our reporters, Tembiso Mayabela. Good afternoon to you. Good afternoon, Tateto. Now, this report is out. When, when was it made uh, available? Uh, Bongi, this report was made available early uh, this morning and you would recall, Bongi, that um, we have been trying to establish yes, since yesterday um, about um, this report and that we only received it um, only today and Bongi, you would recall that um, it's initiation season, of course, Bongi, and um, many chances uh, are, seen to, uh, are seen to be uh, venturing into this lucrative um, business, but it has also become a, a matter of life and death for young initiates, Bongi. And uh, what the content of the report or what it entails, um, earlier this morning we spoke to the uh, the MEC of uh, the the MEC of finance in Bumalanga as well as um, the provincial uh, cabinet spokesperson, Mr. Matala Masuku, whereby he indicated to us that um, indeed the task team um, went uh, on a fact-finding mission to probe as to what really uh, were the exact causes of those um, deaths and uh, upon their findings, they found that um, indeed um, the report is similar to that um, the, you would recall, Bongi, that earlier um, last week we did announce that um, the, the preliminary report or the, mo- the post-mortem report by the Department of Health showed that most of these initiates died due to dehydration, excessive bleeding and low temperatures and uh, you would also recall that the MEC uh, of Health in Bumalanga uh, maintains that um, some of these schools where the initiates have died were uh, illegal bongi. All right. So now, uh, the, the, okay. Firstly, who who released this uh, this uh, this report? This is the, this is the task team, right? Not not just the department, uh, but the task team that uh, comprised the department, the the traditional leadership there under uh, King uh, Mapogo the Third. Bongi, you would recall that this task team was uh, appointed by the provincial government. Uh, uh, which is uh, or consists of different heads of department and led by the Deputy Director General from the Office of the Premier of Mbumalanga, Mr. David Mabuza, a uh, uh, mighty Mdidi. And, yeah. All right. And, uh, of course, we know now that uh, there are so many uh, illegal initiation schools there, uh, about 100, according to this uh, report. Uh, what is going to happen? What does the, the, uh, the report recommend? Uh, Bongi, uh, when I asked uh, 
Mr. Matala Masukut that um, because they know that there is a mushrooming of bogus initiation schools, um, are we perhaps going to uh, see instances whereby they are shutting down some of those schools? And he uh, emphasized the fact that um, they will not be shutting down those schools. However, they will be providing a, a monitoring and assistance or the deployment of experts to those schools. So um, there are no schools which will be shut down. That's according to the report. That's according to the resolution that was taken by the provincial government uh, earlier this week, Bongi. We thank you very much. Uh, our reporters, Tembiso Mabela in Pumalanga, telling us that uh, there are more than 100 illegal initiation schools operating in the province of Mpumalanga. It's uh, 14 and a half and a bit past 12. Paralympian Oscar Pistorius has legal recourse to sue the international television station that broadcast photos of the murder scene in his house. That's our top story at this hour. And uh, looking at uh, the markets, gold is trading at $1,410.80 an ounce, platinum at $1,466.50 an ounce. The rand is trading at 10 rand 19 cents to the US dollar, 15.48 to the pound, and 13.22 cents to the euro. It's a 15 minutes past 12. This is a midday live on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Cabinet has approved the proposed changes to legislation that would allow the reopening of land claims. This was announced by Rural Development and Land Reform Minister Kukile Quinti when he delivered his department's budget vote. The minister also announced that a bridge in honor of former President Nelson Mandela is to be handed over soon in the Eastern Cape, as Mr. Dispersant reports. Minister Gukilenkwinti's budget vote comes 19 days ahead of the centenary of the 1913 Natives Land Act on the 19th of June. The Natives Land Act did not only dispossess black people of their land, but created the segregation of communities in terms of race and ethnicity, which lasted until the beginning of the end of apartheid in the early 1990s. Nguinti says the proposed changes to legislation will make provision for the reopening of the lodgement date process and creating exceptions for the cut-off date relating to the 1913 Natives Land Act. He says historical landmarks and opportunities for the Koyans and descendants to claim will also be created. In terms of the 1998 cut-off date, I am pleased to announce that Cabinet has approved the Restitution Amendment Bill for public comment. The Gazette is available at all our offices and on the website. As for the 1913 cut-off date for the descendants of the Khoi and Sun and the heritage sites and, historical, and historic landmarks, we have instituted consultative workshops and work is underway to codify these exceptions. Ladies and gentlemen, during this latest lodgement opportunity, people will be assisted with the Citizens' Manual for Land Claims. This will be available in all official languages of the country, including languages spoken by the Khoi and the Sun. Outgoing DAMP and spokesperson on the rural development and land reform, Ethel Trollope, criticized government, saying he does not have an idea of how much land is available. Trollope, who made his last speech as MP today, has reservations about the department's land audit, which has been conducted. Minister, don't think that reaching your quantitative land reform targets will address the issue of rural poverty and landlessness. Firstly, you don't have a clue how much state land you have. You have a vague but by no means credible idea of how much private farmland 
there is, and who owns it. This despite the fact you held up a pathetic bar graph illustration in this house claiming that the land audit is complete. The Eastern Cape alone, there are 4 million hectares of either unsurveyed land or surveyed and unregistered land, just in the Eastern Cape. So we don't have a land audit. We have no idea how much land there is. On the process regarding the reopening of the lodgement of land claims, ANC MP and Parliament's chairperson of Rural Development and Land Reform, Stone Cizani, says during the reopening of the land claims process, consideration should also be given to those who could not claim due to disputes within families. Comrade Minister, that case is still haunting us in the portfolio committee where the three siblings took each other to court because one sibling claimed the collective land for himself and left the other siblings out. And the court found in favor of the one who lost the claim. And those that did not claim, the court found they lost their right because they did not exercise it. Now, in our committee, we believe a right, especially given to you by the Constitution, should not be removed by feeling or not feeling, and, which is mere administrative action. A right is a right, and it must be protected. Meanwhile, Minister Gukileng Quinti also announced that a bridge in honor of former President Nelson Mandela is complete and will be handed over to an Eastern Cape community soon. An Eastern Cape will soon hand over a 141-meter-long bridge over the Mbashe River which is dedicated to the world's greatest bridge builder, Ngozi Dalbunga Mandela. This bridge leads to Nelson Mandela's birthplace in Basel. Construction, construction has been completed together with a 10-kilometer block paved road, which links it with N2. I believe even our great uh, former president himself would be pleased with this. The debate is still continuing and the minister is also expected to address a media briefing at lunchtime following the budget debate. Mercedes Bassent, SABC News, Parliament. Gear yourself for 22 exciting regular Friday evening appointments because Nuit for Nuit is back. We're going to rock you again with brand new music challenges, bubbling contestants, brilliant guest artists and our red hot band. Kick off your shoes, phones off the hook, on with your music hats and come and sing, play and laugh along with us. See you every Friday evening at 7.30 on SABC2 for the usual fun and games associated with Nuit for Nuit. Can't wait. The Standard Bank Jazz Festival kicks off in Grahamstown on the 27th of June. SAFM is proud once again to be the official radio partner. Join us for 10 days of amazing jazz and blues, featuring Mikasa, Esavan Naidu, and dozens more local and international jazz superstars. Also featuring the 2013 Young Artist Award winner for jazz, Shane Cooper. SAFM will be there to bring you some amazing performances and keep you in the loop with all the backstage action. But there's nothing quite like being there, so book now at CompuTicket and head to Grahamstown for the Standard Bank Jazz Festival. Looking to access the Chinese market? The Department of Trade and Industry invites applications to the South African Expos in China to be held in Jiamen, Shanghai and Beijing from 8 to 13 September 2013. South African investment projects and exports will be showcased. The closing date is the 14th of June 2013. For inquiries, contact Uarabile Makonga on 012-394-3745 or email omakonga at the dti.gov.za. The DTI, empowering industries and broadening economic participation.
22 minutes past 12. This is a midday live on SFM. We are on 104 to 107 nationwide. Let's go to the Northern Cape now where results of water tests done in the Uppington Northern Cape water will be released or at least expected to be released today. This follows the outbreak of diarrhea there. 60 new patients have been treated for diarrhea at the Uppington's Godonia Hospital, bringing the total to 413, the number of people that have been treated there. Five children have already died following the outbreak two weeks ago. We're now joined on the line by the Health MEC in the Northern Cape, Policy Sokaja. MEC, good afternoon to you. Good, good, good afternoon, Bongi. Uh, you are expecting results of, of the test conducted uh, in the water there. Can, can you tell us when is, is, uh, well, the results will be released and uh, what are you expecting? Bongi, um, we're, we're expecting to get the results today. But I just spoke to the CEO of the hospital and the team there. They said the results are not yet out. Okay. And, and uh, in terms of your, 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 your tests, how, how far did you go? What, what kind of radius did you cover? Bongi, for now, what we have done, we have tested uh, 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 water from uh, around areas of Uppington uh, because most of our, of our um, patients are coming from the townships around Uppington. So we cover that area, uh, the, the areas Bordeaux, Vale, Papalelo, and all the other areas around Uppington. And those are the affected areas? Yes, well, for now, most of the patients are coming from those areas. Let's talk about the patients themselves. We know now 60 new patients have been treated, but what's the, what's the stats uh, uh, that you have? Uh, presently, Bongi, as you know, that this outbreak started uh, about two weeks back. Uh, the total number of patients that we have seen uh, up to now, it's about 425. And uh, in that process, uh, we we managed to uh, see patients, and um, at one stage there were about 47 children and 13 adults that were admitted to hospital, but those patients were only in the hospital for about two, or one day or two days. As we are speaking, Bongi, we only have eight patients now, and all of them are, um, are, are children uh, under five years that are now at the hospital. Are you limiting your suspicion to water as the cause, or are you looking at other uh, possible, possible causes? We, we, we're looking at other possible uh, 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 avenues, Bongi, not only water, because we're also looking at the environment, we're also looking at uh, you know the food intake, and so on. So we're not only limiting it, at, uh, at, at water only. So for now, what can the, the, the public of uh, the Northern Cape Uppington area do, really? They just wait for the results, or do you uh, want to advise them of, of something special that, that can help them really not contract diarrhea? Presently, Bongi, we are doing a number of uh, educational issues uh, in the Uppington area because we are not only waiting for the results. What we are doing presently, we are doing health hygiene and also doing environmental hygiene. And we are also... Um, advising our people around the Uppington area when they wash the children, for instance, before they, they wash the children, they must wash their hands and even after that. And also what we're doing, Bungi, we also said to the people around Uppington that, that they must also make sure that they boil water before they, they drink them. And also we're advising them to have a mixture of both sugar and salt, for instance, eight teaspoons of sugar, and half a teaspoon of salt in one liter of water that they need to drink. So all those are the issues that we're doing, educate them and also advise them what uh, precautionary measures they need to take as we're still waiting for, for the results. 
All right, uh, we thank you very much, uh, MEC uh, in the Northern Cape, MEC for Health, Nkoli Sisokaja. We hope to bring you up to speed as soon as uh, the results of the tests uh, are out. It's uh, 26 minutes past uh, 12, right here on Midday Live. Let's talk uh, Meta's economy. The Gauteng MEC for Economic Development, Nkosi Pendule Kolisile, has presented his department's budget. This comes as the country's economy is struggling. MEC Kolisile says Gauteng will respond positively to the struggle economy. He has set aside money for township economy revival. I asked him to give us highlights of his budget. We occupy a very, very important uh, position in the economy. We contribute about 35% to the GDP and about 30% of the total uh, number of employed people uh, in the country are found in this province. We are going to be uh, placing around 1,000 young people. That is the Department of Economic Development-led initiative. For instance, for youth employment, we will be putting aside 72 million rents, but also we'll be focusing on industrial and sector development, where we are putting 144 million rent. We go on green economy initiatives, we'll be putting about 11 million. We focus on innovation and knowledge economy, we will be putting 23 million. But one critical aspect of the budget is SMME and cooperatives development. 117 million will be set aside for that. So we are now going to the streets, targeting those people are called informal traders, working with them, we'll be putting aside um, money for them, we'll be training about 50 of them to prepare them to be registered uh, businesses. But over and above that, 250 of these uh, people from the informal traders will be trained with the assistance of the department. We'll also, uh, for the first time, be giving grants to the small uh, business people. Uh, those who want to borrow up to 9,000 rand will now be giving them grants for the first time. It's just once-off grants for them to start up, uh, but we'll also lowering the entry levels uh, in our housing enterprise propeller uh, lending scheme, uh, which we call micro financing. I know, MEC, you're very passionate about reviving the township economy, but uh, can you give us uh, specifics? Can you, can you talk to us about really what you're going to do between now and September, for instance, and uh, which townships in Gauteng are going to benefit first? I know that you want to spread this evenly across the province, but uh, surely you need to start somewhere. You are right. Winterfeld is going to be one through the township enterprise we are doing them. Uh, Moslagen in Brentfontein is going to be benefiting because we've got a structure of GEP that will revitalized them. On the other side of that building, we are um, uh, 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 refurbishing uh, uh, the workshops that are going to be there for business incubation. Companies such as Basmark, Gold One, including the FET College, West Call, have come on board to come and work with us to incubate people. So the townships such as um, uh, Harangua are also going to be targeted. Also, I think will benefit because they are close, to, close proximity to, to the Wetterfeld Township Enterprise Hub. But they will also be benefiting through the training programs that Nissan um, will be unfolding uh, through a partnership we have with them, huge investment. But immediately as well, Deep Slot, um, the industrial hub we are building in Deep Slot, those people, they will be benefiting. And 
I think the spin-offs are going to be seen even before September in these areas. Finally, our economy is not doing well. I mean, uh, the GDP of the country is down. Uh, you contribute 35% of the country's uh, GDP as Gauteng, but uh, the rent also hitting uh, four-year lows over 10 rand right now. Can Gauteng's economy respond? If any economy in the country has to respond, it will have to be Gauteng economy. And how we are going to do that is through the serious partnerships we have with the private sector. It's through the Gauteng Investment Center that we want to establish uh, again before September to ensure that uh, businesses find confidence uh, in coming uh, into the province. Uh, the efforts that are being put together, not just by us, but including by the national government, are going to be paying off immediately. Some of the unfortunate things, um, the labor unrest that has been going on perpetually, and I think that has got a way of scaring <coughs> away investors. So I think in spite of this, uh, we will really be in a position to respond, okay. including the unfortunate developments uh, around the attacks on foreign nationals, which we really do not need as this economy. We can't afford a situation where the poor is attacking the poor. There you have it, MEC for Economic Development in Gauteng, Izngos Pendule Kolisile. At half past 12, we say good afternoon once again to Asanda Matsawinyan with the news. Afternoon, Bongi. Thank you. A man has been killed during a shootout at Kakriso Mall in Krugersdorp, west of Johannesburg. The shooting took place inside a bank during a suspected robbery. Paralympian Oscar Pistorius has legal recourse to sue the international television station that broadcast photos of the murder scene in his house. The photos show the scene where Pistorius shot his girlfriend, Rieva Stienkamp, on Valentine's Day. And the opposition to Urban Tolling Alliance, Auta, has once again called on President Jacob Zuma to suspend the implementation of e-tolls in Gauteng. It says urban tolling is an unnecessary waste of billions of rands by Sunral. For SAFM News, I'm Asanda Matsaunyani. Details at one. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, uh, Asanda. But uh, have you seen those pictures? I haven't. I know which uh, station it was, but I haven't seen them. Yeah, apparently they're gruesome. Is it? Mm. But that's just, I mean, out of order for them to take that chance. So now he has a recourse to sue. Yeah. Okay, so he's being, he's attending this matter, but also he can attend the other matter suing. It's a lot, eh? It's a lot for one man to carry. But thank you very much. Happy Friday, by the way. Thank you. No bow tie. Uh, I try to do one with my scarf. <laughs> try to improvise. Oh, wow. All right. Nancy Richards, no poor tie for you. How are you doing? What's coming up between uh, one and two this well, afternoon? Well, I've also done something terribly clever with my pink scarf, but in no way there's a bow tie. <laughs> I'll keep trying. <laughs> improvise. All right. Well, what we've got on the show today, you won't be surprised to hear, the world no tobacco day. So we're going to be talking to an actress who, after 30 years of trying, finally kicked the smoking habit. We'll also hear about a website with promise of help. It's called stopsmokingeasily.co.za. And before that, we'll find out about, we'll talk to the designer of The Spoon of Hope. In our women's organization series, we'll be finding out an organization called Women of Worth, so that we've got lined up. Do join us if you can right after the news at one. Thanks, Bongi. Thank you very much. There There you have it. Stop smoking easily. Well, we'll be listening. Uh, I wonder how difficult it is to stop smoking. I tried. I, just, I tried as a, as a youngster. I couldn't. Uh, so if you want to stop smoking, listen in between uh, 
one and two this afternoon, right here on SFM South Africa's news and information leader. I'll be reading your SMSs shortly, but first let's go to Japan, where African governments say they are ready to work closely with Japan to harness the continent's mineral resources to sustain economic development. This has emerged at uh, preparatory meetings ahead of uh, the Japan-Africa Summit, which resumes in uh, Yokohama tomorrow. The Tokyo International Conference on uh, African Development, TICAD, was initiated by Japan in uh, 1993 to forge closer economic and trade ties with the African continent. All right, uh, let's see. So let's uh, talk now to uh, our reporter, presidential reporter, Tsepo Ikaneng, who is uh, in Yokohama in Japan. Good morning to you in Japan, uh, Tsepo. Thank you very much for the much appreciated. Is it, is it, what time is it that side? Okay, we're still uh, around 25 minutes uh, to uh, 8 o'clock p.m. Oh, in the evening. All right. Okay, good afternoon then, or good evening. Right. So let's get back to, to the issues now. But firstly, just uh, talk us through uh, TCAD. What is it all about? We see the theme is hand-in-hand hand with a dynamic Africa. Just talk us through really the background of uh, TCAD and what it aims to achieve for Africa in particular. Yeah, TICAT basically is a summit where heads of states from African region meet with the Japanese leadership to force closer and economic ties. It was formed way back in 1992. So today, uh, this uh, month, it marks about 10 years since its existence. So mainly the forum of discussions about the Japanese interest in Africa issues related to trade, diplomatic trade and, and investment. As you are well aware that uh, this is one of the first major kind of uh, summit that has emerged from the developed countries at that, uh, that particular time in 1993, and then that was followed by other countries like China. It has its own China-Africa summit. We have France that has its own uh, France-Africa uh, summit that has been held maybe three years or four years. So this is an engagement that has been there for about uh, 10 years, as you know, that Japan has played a key role in terms of providing uh, a donor or assistant aid to many developing African uh, 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 countries. So for now, we are just celebrating 10 years and to see as to what should be happening beyond these 10 years going forward. Mm. Uh, how, how, it, this is interesting now because the focus is uh, on Japan, but uh, China just next door really has been investing quite a lot uh, on the continent. Uh, we haven't heard much about uh, what Japan has been doing. Are we about to hear what Japan has planned for the African continent? Yes, that, that's a major uh, contrast that you have just alluded to. As you know, that uh, China has just came in the past five years to have made billions of investment in Africa and also been uh, uh, surpassing countries like Japan who've been uh, in Africa a long time before uh, China in terms of investments and the gains that they've had in the five years. It's like they've been there for almost about 50 years. So this has posed kind of a threat to Japan, as you know, that it's really from um, the, uh, um, the devastating earthquake tsunami that has slowed its economic growth. Uh, it also at length its position as the second biggest economy uh, in the world. Now it's a threat after China. So this is a moment of reflection to the Japanese uh, uh, companies, including the government, to say, how do we use this moment to run support of African leaders to actually maybe try to weaken China's uh, preeminent role position in terms of being regarded as a major investor on the continent. Uh, we know that uh, both countries possess 
high levels of skills. They have a manufacturing base. They have um, good human resources, a skilled labor. So Japan and, and China, really, they have interest in Africa because they need these resources from our continent and in exchange for, obviously, maybe major investment in offering technical skills. But for Japan itself, they say, we are not going to bring our labor in uh, Africa when we come to maybe harness your mineral resources. They are known for their etiquette of exporting their knowledge base, their innovation. You can see that Bongi in their manufacturing sector in South Africa. They have brought a lot of um, investment in terms of the automobiles where they have, um, uh, uh, that is contributing hugely to our economic development. But now they are also looking beyond South Africa to see how do we use South Africa as a springboard to the rest of the African mm. In fact, I wanted, to, I wanted to, to, to touch on that, that I know this is about Africa, but what is in it for, uh, for South Africa right now, and uh, what is it that South Africa will be taking to this conference with? Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, South Africa represents about 70% of Japanese uh, investment in the rest of Africa, but the unfortunate part, uh, yes, you are all aware that we have not been doing well in terms of economic growth. We are around to percent, and there were bad news yesterday to say that our economy is still falling. So the Japan wants to use South Africa because already they have infrastructure, they have, their, uh, uh, they have companies, they have major infrastructure, they have invested in some of the banks there. So they say they'll be using South Africa as a springboard to see as to how they grow beyond the South African market. Already in project areas, they've already made significant inroads. Now they are looking to the east in Tanzania and including the West in Ghana and countries like uh, like, like Senegal and, and Nigeria. Uh, but uh, for, for now, they say they're still hopeful that they'll bring new investment to South Africa. So South Africa also is using its uh, preeminent role as a, as a major uh, trade partner of Japan to say that how do we diversify our economies, how we make sure that we achieve our dreams of making sure that we beneficiate our mineral resources. As you know, that uh, Japan sources out a lot of platinum for catalytic, uh, catalytic um, uh, converters for mm. the automobile industry. So South Africa is also looking for other opportunities beyond those that are existing currently. We thank you very much. Our presidential correspondent is Tsepo Ikaneng, live from Yokohama in Japan. Join NetBank and SAFM in keeping others warm this winter. Support the NetBank SAFM winter campaign by donating a minimum amount of 50 rands into the winter campaign account at a NetBank branch or contribute 20 rands by SMSing the word WINTER to 40017. For more information on the campaign, visit netbank.co.za. Make things happen. NetBank, in partnership with SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader, bringing warmth this winter. Need to renew your TV license? Pop into your provincial SABC TV license office, update your details, and you could win a 32-inch LCD TV. So whether you're living in Pretoria, Porokwane, Bloemfontein, Durban, Kimberley, Cape Town, Port Elizabeth, Nelspruit, or Johannesburg, we are here to help with all inquiries. So go local. Step into your SABC provincial office today and stand a chance to win. TV licenses, making a difference. If you can sing, dance and act, then this one's for you. Register now to audition for the Act Dalro Nedbank Performing Arts Scholarship and stand a chance to win 60,000 or 105,000 or the top scholarship worth 150,000 rand. To find out more, visit the Arts and Culture Trust website, act.org.za 
or call 011-712-8403. Registrations close 31st of May. The photographs taken on the murder scene in a Paralympian Oscar Pistorius' house are that of the scene, but not the official police photos. The photos show the toilet where Pistorius' girlfriend, River Stienkamp, was shot. Pistorius was arrested on Valentine's Day this year at his house in Silverwoods State, east of Pretoria. He was released on a one million rand bail. Lila Machnas reports. The more than three-minute insert shows several photos taken at the scene, including the toilet door through which Oscar Pistorius shot Riva Steenkamp. The photo of the toilet door shows where the police marked the bullet holes beneath the level of the door handle, a missing door panel and a pool of blood next to the toilet. Other photos show a trail of blood down the stairs, blood smears on the stairs, Blood spatters against the wall next to the stairs and drops of blood on a light-colored sofa. SABC has confirmed independently that the photos are a true representation of what the scene looked like. It seems the photos might have been taken with a cell phone camera. A policeman at the scene was allegedly offered 50,000 rand by an international media house for a photo of the door. After that, the police decided to remove the door from the house. Police spokesperson Putisetate says they are investigating the origins of the photos. Well, the origin of the photos or footage in question is not known to the police. However, we wish to indicate that our investigation in this matter is on track and uh, we won't be distracted by this type of uh, tactics. And uh, we will look into the matter uh, with the view of uh, establishing if it warrants any investigation. A list of all the police officers of the various stations and departments who had access to the murder scene were made at the scene. This list will most likely be the first stop of the investigation into where the photos originated. A constitutional expert, Marinus Wichers, says the photos are an infringement of Pistorius' privacy and Pistorius will have legal recourse to sue the media houses that use them. It's a violation of Pistorius' right to privacy. It's in the Constitution that nobody is allowed to intrude in your private sphere. Now, in this case, it's a criminal case, but it does not uh, make it a public case where each and everybody can have access to your intimacy. Vigers added that the publication of the photos also breaks several judicial laws. The, the case is still going on. It is in a sense uh, where the uh, security care rule comes into play because here is vital evidence for the criminal proceedings that's been devolved and that is surely uh, an encroachment of the, of the court's power to investigate these The family spokesperson, Annalisa Burgess, could not comment on the recent events. I'm unable to, to give any comment at this stage, um, as I have to take instruction from the family on this and they away for the weekend. So until I've had time to discuss this with the family, um, I am not uh, in a position to comment on this at all. Spokesperson for the National Prosecuting Authority, Baleolo Makeke, 
told the SABC they cannot comment on the matter as it is already in front of the court and they will not discuss the evidence with the media. Pistorius is facing a charge of murder after he shot Steenkamp in his house on Valentine's Day this year. He told the court during his bail hearing that he thought she was an intruder and that he didn't know it was her in the toilet. The state, however, argues that Pistorius had the intent to kill when he fired the full shots at the toilet door. Pistorius will briefly appear in court again on Tuesday when the case will be postponed till later this year for the police to finalise its investigation. Lila Magnus, SABC, Pretoria. With that, we say good afternoon to Mpo Moore of Saswin Securities. Mpo, I see the rand is extending its decline this morning. How has that affected our market? Uh, well, Bongi, our market is trading lower with uh, resource shares, the only notable gainers on a weaker rent, which is extending its decline on to levels last seen uh, in March uh, 2009. Bond yields have also climbed on the back of a weaker currency. Uh, in the overseas markets in Europe, where we've got uh, the FTSE down 1%. Tax down 0.93 of a percent, and the CAC 40 is 1.1 percent lower. Back to the JSC, we've got the gold index up 3.7 percent, resource index up 1.65 percent, industrial index down three quarters of a percent, financial index down 1.6 percent. The overall market is down 110 points, or 0.26 of a percent, to 41,832 points. And uh, trading updates from uh, AECI and uh, Invicta. Uh, firstly, ACI announced that the headline earnings per share for the year ended uh, 30th June 2013 expected to be at least 150% higher than the corresponding period. ACI is currently trading 3.85% higher at 109.71 cents. Invicta also released a trading update, headline earnings uh, per share for the year ended 31st March 2013 are expected to be between 0 and 5% higher than the comparative period. Invicta is currently trading 3.75% uh, lower at 99 rents and 68 cents. Any big movers today? Uh, mainly dominated on the upside by uh, miners. We've got Lonmin up uh, 6.25% to 46 rands and 50 cents. Anglo Gold Ashanti up 5.8% to 186 rands and 70 cents. Nampak up 3.7% to 34 rands and 96 cents. Harmony Gold up 3.35% uh, to 157 rands and 60 cents. On the downside, we've got uh, Growth Point down 5.9% to 23 rands and 23 cents. AccuCap down 5.56% to 45 rands. Sycom down 5.4% to 26 rands and 1 cent. Hyprop down 4.95% to 68 rands and 91 cents. And lastly, Resilient Properties down 4.9% to 50 rands and 39 cents. And your latest market indicators? The gold price is currently quoted at $1,410.60 an ounce. Platinum $1,466.45 a fine ounce. Brent crude $101.20 per barrel. The Garmin R157 is turning a yield of 5.73%. And now to our currencies, the rent to the dollar is at 10 rands and 17 cents. The rent to the pound is at 15 rands and 46 cents. The 
rand to the euro is at 13 rands and 21 cents. Back to Bongi. Enjoy your weekend. Paul Morov, Sassin Securities. It's uh, 11 and a half to 1. Well, it's the Comrades weekend down in uh, KwaZulu-Natal as we talk sport with uh, Janet Whitten. But let's start with rugby. Uh, that is uh, underway. What's, uh, what's happening? The Crusaders beat the Waratahs in the first game that happened today. And the second game is still underway. The Brumbies against the Hurricanes. It's pretty close, actually. I'm quite surprised at how close that is. I would have thought the Brumbies would have been stronger than that. But at the moment, they're leading uh, 17 points to 16, uh, five minutes into the second half. The Crusaders' win this morning pushes the Cheetahs down, by the way, on, yes. the, on the combined log down to fifth. But, but of course, the, the Cheetahs are, are, are playing again tomorrow. Yeah. They're playing so the Bulls. <laughs> Interesting game, that. It is. Interesting. Essentially, that's a game that's going to decide the South African conference. And of course, remember the way that the, the way that the playoffs work mm. is that the winners of each conference, regardless of where they finish on the combined log, will will um play. Will be in the playoffs. In the playoffs. And then the then third, fourth, and fifth who who fourth, fifth, and sixth should I say whoever they are will also play. So it's quite important to actually win your conference, and it's and it's very close at the moment. Um, the Bulls are on 50 points at the moment. The Cheetahs are on 45. So a Cheetahs win in Bloemfontein mm-hmm. would put them level on points, which makes we'll life very in interesting state, indeed. Yes. We'll stand them in very, very good state, in state indeed. You know, the Bulls have never lost to them in Bloemfontein or anywhere else for that matter. Um, but this there's is a different the first, Cheetahs. The first this for is a different Cheetahs. Exactly. This is a different Cheetahs uh, team that we're looking at. So um, I think it's been very interesting. The Chiefs oh. are still way out on top. They're fifty-two. Who are this season? We have to talk about the Sharks. I mean, they're really the Sharks and the Stormers have both been very, very disappointing very this season. You know, the, the the Kings are at the bottom of the South African log, and nobody sort of expected anything else. But they've had these these moments of wonder that mm. that everybody's looked at them and said, "Oh, actually, maybe they can compete." Maybe but the, so we certainly expected better from the Sharks. And it's the Stormers. because they came so close last season that they thought this season will be a walkover. Mm. All right, we've got so much to talk about cricket underway. There is cricket underway. We're Playing the Netherlands today. Um, yeah. It's a it's a warm up match for the Champions Trophy, but it is being classified as an official ODI. We're playing, uh, well, not exactly a second string um, eleven because, of course, it's it's part of the team that's at the Champions Trophy. But uh, Dale Steyn and Mornay Morkel aren't playing. They've had quite a lot of um, match practice lately at the IPL, of course. So mm. they're giving everybody else a chance to play. Um, the latest score there: Abby de Villiers uh, won the toss, elected to bat first. South Africa 100 for two. Hashim Amla is out for 20. Alvaro Peterson is also out. He made six. Colin Ingram has made a 50. He's batting at the moment with J.P. Dumini. Um, I think it's going to be, in a sense, a little more interesting um, when the Netherlands come into bat because then we're going to see what, what is essentially our sort of backup bowling exactly, attack exactly. Um, to see actually how they, how they perform. Although having said that, it's always very difficult to really judge them against a team like the Netherlands. They do have another warm-up game against Pakistan in the UK next week, in London next week, before the actual start of the Champions Trophy. Okay, Normaliza says we must be out by 53. So, so we've, we've got, got uh, tennis, minute. we've got golf, <laughs> we've got Bafana Bafana and the Comrades. Okay, tennis. Um, lots of action today. All of the big names are playing today. Sharapova, Federer, Nadal, Williams. But I think the interesting game is going to be Gael Monfield against Rob- Tommy Robredo. Two great kind of characters of tennis. That's going to be fun. Yes. And just a reminder that Kevin Anderson <laughs> is playing today against Canadian Milos Raonic. Two super tall, super fast serves. Baseline. I don't know. It's going to be... Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be great tennis, but it's going to be interesting. 
Golf, you mentioned. Yes. Charles Walton is leading the memorial. He shot a 65, so he's a shot clear of Scott Piercy. Tiger Woods, 71. Ernie Els, 73. Brandon Grace and Rory McIlroy at 78. They're probably not going to make it. No South Africans to speak of uh, on the European tour. Matteo Manassero, Pablo Larratabal are both leading there on 66. JB Kruger, Darby van der Valt, Keith Horn, the best of the South Africans there on 72. That's six off the pace. The final play on Sunday against Lesotho. Don't think it really matters. Yeah. Another injury yeah. today. Uh, um, that, that's what out. Yes. So that's a problem. The injuries are, are a problem. But I still, it's not, still not going to make any, any difference against Lesotho. But this tour is super important. These two that matches matters. are really, really important. Comrades, a whole bunch of crazy people running Comrades on Sunday. 18,000. And, I, I, and I'll never understand it. I'll never, ever understand it. We had a soundbite this morning um, during AM Live of a guy who's 72 years old. He's run it 45 times. He didn't learn the first time or the second time or the 44th time. He ran it 45 times. <laughs> there you have it. Thank you very much. That's uh, looking ahead to the world of sport this weekend. Now it's a Create Time with Michelle Constant. Create is proudly presented by Business and Arts South Africa, bringing the business of the arts and the art of business together. The Market Theatre in Johannesburg, in association with Free Voice Productions, is currently showcasing the production Mother to Mother. This narrative monologue was originally written as a novel by Dr. Sindiwe Magona. The story deals with a testimony from the mother of a killer to the mother of the victim, and it's based on the actual events that happened in Guguletu in 1993, namely the murder of the American student, Amy Beale. As actress Tembi and Charlie Jones explains, It was written by Dr. Cindy Wimagona based on the story that happened in 1993 when Amy Beale was killed in Guguletu by the youth. Cindy was living in America at that time when it happened, and she heard of the story. And then when she came back home for a visit, she realized that one of the mothers of one of the boys that killed Amy was actually her childhood friend. They had grew up together, and it touched her very much, and she wondered how she felt like knowing her. And then she decided to speak to her and got her feelings. And then she wrote the novel based on the story. And then later on, I met Cindy Wei, and she gave me a few books. And Mother to Mother was one of the books. And I read the book, and I was like, oh, wow. It would be great, you know, to do this as a play, because the way she's written it, I mean, the monologue is just beautiful. This imaginary conversation between the black mother talking to the other mother, telling her how she felt and how she feels about the whole thing. And Charlie Jones, who portrays the character of Mandisa, the mother of the murderer, says that as a mother herself, she wanted to show how tragedy affects all families. I am a mother, I'm a grandmother too. You know, I know how other parents, even in the townships, I have known mothers that are either have their sons have killed or have done this and that and I know how they feel because nobody gives birth to a killer or to a rapist. When you give birth to your child you all wish the best for your child. So when that happens you do feel bad and you do feel bad for the other person. This person who has done this 
atrocious things, has relatives, has mother, father, and we never care to think how they feel about the whole thing. So that's how I felt that I really needed to tell this other story. According to the actress, speaking to both the mothers has assisted her in getting the painful journey of them both across to the audience. It also helped that we met both mothers when we started working on the piece. And I could see how Mandisa was feeling even then. I mean, it's been 20 years this year. But when we started talking to her, it felt like it was yesterday. She started crying and she was saying, I still feel ashamed. And especially after she had met Linda and saw how Linda actually forgave the boys. I can't help thinking that she is without her daughter because of my son, because of me. I mean, it's a remarkable story of reconciliation. And so I really wanted to tell the story with sensitivity and be truthful to the story. Janice Honeyman is the director of the production, and she also assisted in adapting the novel to a play. She describes what her main focus was in the adaptation. I wanted people to understand a woman's perspective. I wanted them to realize the kind of astounding experience of one woman talking to another woman with such pain in both of their lives and the exchange of that and how they're not enemies. They actually are united in their pain. The story is played out against a backdrop of projected documentary-style images. It's not a political tirade, although within this play you see a whole lot of actual documentary footage of the unrest, the burning of the tires and the police attacking. The visuals that you see of the house, the Colgate toothpaste, the Lux soap, that is actually in Mandisa's house. And it's real footage of that actual house from the perspective about that actual mother and what was in her house and how she lived. Mother to Mother will be running at the Market Theatre in Johannesburg until the 9th of June. I'm Michelle Constant. This feature was produced by Monique Stunder and you can email me on create at barsa.co.za. Create, proudly brought to you by Business and Arts South Africa, creating new opportunities for business arts partnerships. Email create at barsa.co.za. Top stories this hour. There are more than 100 illegal initiation schools operating in the province of Mpumalanga. Our reporter there is Stembiso Mayabella. They will not be shutting down those schools. However, they will be providing a, a monitoring and assistance or the deployment of experts. And the uh, results of water tests expected uh, later today in Uppington in uh, following uh, a diarrhea outbreak there. The Northern Cape MEC for Health is Mkolisi Sokacha. Most of our, of our um, patients are coming from the townships around Uppingdon. So we cover that area, uh, the, the areas Bordeauxville, Papalelo, and all the other areas around Uppingdon. Two television programs not to miss this weekend. Mugabe reveals it all to Tambo. Robert Mugabe talking to uh, Dali Tambo there. And also the program that I've started watching religiously is uh, The House Call. It's on SABC2 on Saturday mornings with uh, Dr. Victor Ramatisele. It's, it's a health program, so you wouldn't want to miss that one. And of course, how to quit smoking fast. Listen to Nancy Richards between 1 and 2 this afternoon. Thanks to the teams, Tarazele Damini and Mandy Samtelu, technical producer, Mark Preller today, and senior producer, Nomalizo Mandela, executive producers, Busi Chan and Aubrey Sechie. My name is Bongi Kuala. Let's do it again next week between 12 and 1. Till then, enjoy the rest of your listening. Bye-bye.